0: You're listening to the Upper Room Frisco podcast. To learn more about youR Frisco, please visit UpperRoomFrisco.com. Hi. <laughs> I was just celebrating in worship. I realized that it was 13 years, 11 months and 11 days ago that I came into an environment like this, and I was forever changed. Like black and white to living color. Like my whole world went upside down. And I thought that God was church, the Bible, doing things right, and going to heaven. Those are all true. But God is the most beautiful, near, kind, merciful, gracious, loving, real, scary, real person that we could ever know and I just wanted to say that to you so that if you're in this room and you are like I mean I will never forget the day I came into an environment I've been in church my entire life and I came in into an environment and I just something in me was like something's different it wasn't even as exuberant as it was in here tonight but something was different And that something just began to bother me when I left that building that night. It just began to bother me. Like, what was that? And I want to know more about that. And so instead of being, you know, weirded out or feeling less than, I just let it make me hungry and curious. And so I kept showing up, and I kept asking people, I would watch people. I would watch people like Ashley worship and I would tap them afterward and say, um, I, do, I I feel like you know something I don't know. <laughs> like there there's I want to do that but I don't I don't I'm missing something. And that That I didn't realize what I was doing, but it positioned me in a beautiful way to be a receiver of whatever those people had to give. And I did. I just started to receive. I started to learn, and I was so hungry to know what this was. It was like a drug, and it still is. And I was just undone in worship thinking, wow, God, you freely gave me this The extravagant love, joy, peace, this like nearness that I had always longed for. You gave that to me. You didn't, and you didn't like he he didn't he didn't like force me to respond. He just so generously just offered himself. And then I, I I all I can do is be all in. I love what you said about. The heroes of our faith are these, what did you say, these tremendously flawed people. They just learned to give it all. And I just have been doing that now for 13 years, 11 months, and 11 days. Because that has been an irresistible, it's like a magnet that I can't resist. And even when I've wavered or even when I'm weak, I still just end up getting, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm an addict, I really am and I don't know where I would be tonight if, I, if I, I, yeah, I don't want to even think about that. I don't want to entertain that thought. But so if you're here tonight and anything is different for you or strange or you feel like an outsider looking in, you're in a good spot and I just want to encourage you to not um, just to let that feeling bother you and see where it might lead you. And then I also wanted to thank our worship team because I just wanted to thank you for not going through the motions. I watched every single one of them. Aaron's on the drums. I mean, he's back there in his own, like, talk about isolated. He's he's in his own room (laughs) worshiping. And yeah, I could see him just worshiping and Fred can barely stand playing the bass guitar. And I thought, I'm so thankful for people that are, They're worshiping with all that they have. I know that there are places, and I'm not, yeah. I mean, we could hire musicians that, like, that's what they do for a living, and we could just pay them. There are places that hire musicians that don't even believe in God, but they're good musicians. And I just am so, (laughs) Fred, I'm just so thankful because there's something that happens when we're all, you know, it says in Acts when they were waiting to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, it says they were all in one accord. And there's just something so beautiful when our leaders are up there and we get to see them worshiping, and it provokes our worship. It's just so real, right? Ah, I love it. So thank you guys for just not going through the motions. It was beautiful. I, uh, I, I feel like uh, the Lord, I woke up this morning. I feel like God just wanted to um, give, give you some tools to meet with him um, both in here, but also on your own. And so I just wanted to to share some of those, some of the things that I've learned and that I do. And, um, you know, I have this strong conviction that what we do and what we believe has to be real, not just in this room. It has to manifest in my home. And in my marriage and in my parenting and in my, in everything. Like if God is God and this is really real, then I want it to be real everywhere. And so I'm on a journey of just discovering how, how does God want to show up? How does he want to meet with me? How does he want to transform me in every single part of my life? And so I want to equip you with some of those things. Is that cool? Is that good? All right. One of the things that we talk about at Upper Room a lot is we talk about beholding Jesus. Have you heard us say that? Or gazing on his beauty. Have you heard that? We've pulled those phrases from scripture, but they sound kind of, they kind of can lose their meaning sometimes, right? Because that's not how you talk like when you're, you go to coffee with someone like, I've just been beholding the cowboys. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't use that language in everyday life. So what does that mean? And how do we do that? How do we gaze on him? How do we behold him? Why is that important? How do we do it? It's everything. I loved what we were singing, Jesus, from my heart to the heavens. What is it? Come and be, be, Jesus, be the center. When you were born again, when you and I were born again, God poured out his spirit, the spirit of his son, the spirit of sonship, according to Galatians, into your where? This is important. He did not pour out his spirit and give you a new identity in your forehead or your, he poured out his spirit and gave you the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of sonship. So you and I, then in that moment, we become sons and daughters of God. And so something got put inside of us where we cry out, Abba, Father, and that, got put into your heart, the center of your being. I know, I know, we're in America, we're in the West, we get uncomfortable when people start talking like this. What do you mean the center of my being? (laughs) What does that mean? Well, there's a place that's different from just your thought life. There's a place, it's your heart, it's your wellspring, it's the place where all of life flows from this place. And when you became a new creation that that spirit of sonship got put in here in your heart and the other interesting thing that happened to your heart when you got born again is your heart um got eyes just put your hand right here your heart's about right there say heart you have eyes Paul prayed in Ephesians, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. You, you, and he prayed that so that we could see God as he is. He actually prayed that so we could see the Father as he is through what Jesus has done for us. But your eyes, ha- your, <laughs> your heart has eyes. This is where you behold Jesus. Now this can help but it's just a helper. It's not the primary place of gazing and beholding. And so everything going on here is really important. And whether in religion or in our culture or whatever, we've been taught to like, just take those thoughts captive. Just just get those feelings. Just renew your mind. But what happens here, this is the real estate that Jesus died for. He... He was like, I want to dwell somewhere there, here. He chose it. And so what we do with it, how we steward it, how we handle the things that come at it, the things coming out of it, it's all super important. Because this is his His dwelling place. Yes, we want to have houses of prayer where God abides when we're worshiping him. But day in, day out, we're going throughout our lives. We take a shower. We get dressed. We brush our teeth. We eat breakfast. We do all the things. It's here. Are you with me? Okay, so this is the place where you learn to behold him. And this is the place where the abundant life that Jesus promised comes flowing out of this place the abundant life isn't like it's not, it's not like the abundant perfect circumstances because you can have those and still have a life of not abundance am I right I mean some of us have been there or are there like you can have it going well and not going well you can also have it not going well and be going great. Hey. <laughs> and that is what he paid for. Yeah. Yeah. So your heart has eyes, and they want to look at someone. They they need a target, your heart's eyes. They have a target. And anything less than Jesus will leave them lusting after more. Like he is he is the only thing that those heart eyes can gaze at and find satisfaction. like preaching in the choir you're like that's why we're here (laughs) that's why we're here sweet let's look at psalm 27 this is the thing that i found like this is the place this is the the balm to my soul that I found that I can't get enough of that has me forsaking everything to know this one thing I want to say this before we read some. Twenty seven. In order for you to experience the fullness of what he has, it's a, like it's an all out takeover. It's a whatever. It's a my dignity. My bank account, my reputation, my future, my goals, my plans, my time, my schedule, my friends. And it's in that, it's like he's he's just, he's so jealous and he knows what these heart eyes are made to feast on. And so in order for you to experience what you read about... It's, it's, he has to have the whole space. And it's not that you have to be like this perfect person giving him everything. It's just that surrendered yes that Jeremy was talking about. It's not like, oh, I got to make sure I'm obeying God in this and this and this. And I like, and then, and then, and then I'm going to have life. It's just that flawed people saying, here's my whole Yes. And that's when grace opens up and floods your life. But if you find yourself, which I still do at times, like frustrated, irritated, friction, it's usually because there's something that he needs access to. It's usually because there's a letting go, a yes, a surrendering, that if you give him access, there it is again. It happened to me yesterday. Uh, We were leaving my son's soccer game, and I, I was irritated at... I don't know what all, I was irritated. You ever been irritated? I was irritated and I got real snappy at my kids. And then I was like, I kind of wanted to sit in my irritation. Do you ever want to do that? Like I didn't, I wanted to sit in my, I wanted to sit in it. I like, I felt like I had a right to it. And I wanted to sit in it. And so I'm driving along and I'm just, little snappy and I just feel the Lord go, you have an invitation here. And so I like, I needed a second to like, okay, okay, okay. I got to the red light, turn around, I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. That's not the way I want to talk to you. That's not the way God talks to me. I'm. Will you forgive me? And my oldest is like, I do that too, mom. It's fine. It's It's okay. I'm like, yeah, you do. But <laughs> sh- I, w- I will tell you that the I, c- I know me, and I know what I have done before. Thank God Michael's here because he knows. I know what I've been like before, and I know. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. I know that I could have sat in that short, choppy, irrit- irritated rude, not patient state the rest of the day and felt like doo-doo at like 9 p.m. But something in me shifted and this grace just, because he gives grace to the humble. And when I humbled myself before him and before my children and just admitted that was selfish, that was ugly, that was rude, this grace came. Why am I telling you that example? Because it's just one thing that just needed to be let go of. My pride, my right to be annoyed, my right to be irritated, my whatever. And so if there's something missing in your world, in your heart, in your life, if there's something of the grace of God, of the joy, of the peace, it could be that there's a surrender, a letting go, a forgiveness, a release that he's inviting you to so that you can experience the fullness of what he paid for. It's his way or no way. The halfway don't work. It is it's actually worse. It would probably be better to be all in in the world than be half in following the Lord. It's miserable. I'm not, that's not a theological statement, but I am saying that it is miserable to be half in because the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that the enemy will just mess with you. Okay, let's read Psalm 27, verse four. No, let's just start at verse one. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart, say my heart, heart. shall not fear Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord. This is his key. This is why he's capable of saying, the whole world is against me, and yet I'm not afraid. The whole world wants to see me die, and yet I'm confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble he will conceal me under the cover of his tent he will lift me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy I will sing and make melody to the Lord Hear O Lord when I cry aloud be gracious to me and answer me You have said seek my face and what does it say my heart say my heart says to you your face Lord do I seek Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. I'm going to stop there. Seek my face, and in my heart I said I'll seek your face. Did you know that you have a face inside your heart? When you were born again, God put the face of his son inside your heart. The Lord was showing me this the other day, and I could see his eyes of fire. But they weren't like there. They were right here. And I was like, why don't you just look around in there? (laughs) Just take your eyes and just on my insides. See what you can find in there. how do we gaze upon the beauty of the Lord with these eyes that are on this heart? Is it good to like meditate on revelation four and five where it describes the throne room and, and you can imagine it? Yes, that's good. That's like I said, this can be helpful, but the, the place of transformation is when you look with these eyes at Jesus, when you can see Jesus with these eyes, when you can read this, when you can read what he did, what he was like, what he said, and you can read it with these eyes. Oh. That's where you'll get transformed. Look at, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. clock in here? Oh, it is hiding. Okay, sweet. Second Corinthians chapter 3. He's going to describe when Moses... saw the glory of the Lord and he had to come down the mountain with a veil over his face because his face was shining because he saw God he didn't even fully see him and he was glowing look at verse 12 since we have such a hope we are very bold Remember I said you, you. when you became born again, something happened inside your heart. A veil got removed. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, say we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Some versions say we all are beholding as in a mirror or we're reflecting. See, when your heart looks at Jesus as he's revealed here and as he is now, you are looking, it's as if you're looking at a mirror and you find out what you're meant to look like. And it's not, it's different. This is the place of transformation. This isn't like, this isn't like me giving you a Bible story about how the Lord, um, I could put a PowerPoint up, okay? About how to forgive, right? About how important forgiveness is. That would be good. Or you could, in Counter with the eyes of your heart the forgiveness and the mercy of God first to you, and then what it would require of you. When your eyes inside your heart see that, you become like that. You don't have to make yourself do it, you don't have to go, I have to forgive. You go, Oh, how could I not forgive? Look what he did. Because your eyes inside your heart are beholding that. And according to the word, you are becoming it as you behold it. You're looking at it. You're you're ugh. you're eating him. You you are what you eat. If you're eating Jesus, he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, if you're consuming him regularly, you will become like him. You will. You cannot help it. You will. You will not have to make yourself. You will not have to follow the 10 steps to becoming a Christian and being like Jesus. You just keep looking at him and eating him and you will be like him. It's the difference between me externally going, I should be patient. I should be patient. I should be patient. God said to be patient. I should be kind. I should be kind. I sh- And then meeting the one who is patient first toward me. Kind toward me and then I become it. I can't help it. You have to start practicing beholding God. On the regular, if you want to look like him, it takes time and practice. It takes getting this in you, reading it, and like digesting it. Asking him, I don't want to just read this about you, I want to like know this about you. I want to invite you. Guys, when you're when you're when you're at home, you're reading your Bible, invite him, ask him just before you start. You don't have to be super mystical. You can just say, "Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. Make Jesus known in this moment. I want to see him. I want to know him. I don't want to just read my Bible. I want to meet with you." He was the word made flesh, so this is a part of beholding him, a huge part, and the beautiful thing is, if you spend time getting this in you, then throughout, if you, if you do this every day, then throughout your day, you can behold him without this in front of you, because you can just be beholding, eating, drinking, his nature, and you will be like him. This is what will transform a city. This is what will transform a marriage. This is what will transform a family. This is what will transform the world is when we become like him. When we manifest Jesus Christ. This is our, you know, we a little bit. You know what, up we talk about in and out. Have you heard us talk about that? This is a phrase we use to talk about a lifestyle of being in the presence of God and going out to manifest the God that we met. Going out to show the world the God that we were in, went in to meet with. Listen, your out is your life. Your out is your life. Allie's out is her preschool classroom, her marriage, her family. My out is my children, my neighbors, my, what, my husband. I don't need to go. I don't have to go out and, like, be in a soup kitchen, although that's good. But you have to manifest. It gets birthed on the inside of you, God himself. When you are beholding him with the eyes of your heart, it's so so good that he doesn't have a a, a big list of requirements of us. He gives us his very self to become like him to commune with him with the father and with the holy spirit look at look at second corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 for god who said let light shine out of darkness has shone in our what in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ look at verse 16 so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. But the things that are unseen are eternal. There is a whole world going on right here. And I want to encourage you, when you leave here today, when you're going about, start to pay attention to what's going on on your inside. And just when it's negative, when you feel shame about it, when you feel uncomfortable with it, just acknowledge it to Jesus. It doesn't have to be a big thing but just Lord what I'm, I, I'm feeling anxious and bringing him in inviting him into that space where you acknowledge what's really going on. Not like oh, I'm going to be anxious for nothing but like Lord I want to behold you right now. All right, stand up. One of the ways that I behold the Lord in worship, whether I'm by myself or I'm with all of you, is I will imagine all the things going on inside my heart, the worries, the concerns, the cares, the positives, the negatives. Will you guys go ahead and come up here? I will take those things and imagine them like a bonfire is in front of me. And I'll just bring all of them like fuel for my worship. See, I used to think I had to bring him something cleaned up and nice But like the woman who broke her jar at his feet, I can just bring him everything. And he receives that as worship. The good, the bad, the ugly. The point is that it's brought to him. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? So I just want us to worship for just a few minutes. And I want you to imagine that while these guys are leading us. I want you to just be aware of your own heart. Maybe your heart's weary. Maybe your heart's tired. Maybe your heart's at peace. Maybe your heart's whatever. Whatever things you got going on in there. I want you to just imagine there's a fire in front of you. And you're just bringing it all to let it become an offering.